Don't look back because the market is closed. Good Wednesday afternoon, everyone. Tyler Harris here with you for today's VRA Investing Podcast. It was an interesting day today as the meme stocks flourished again here. AMC leading the charge today up a big 99% on the day today. Got halted a couple of times. Uh, for for those of you who followed it before, it was uh, not to get too dramatic, but a little bit of PTSD from the GameStop saga. Once GameStop really went on a tear, they halted it. They halted buying of it to give their hedge fund buddies a chance to get out. And it looked like that was about to happen again today with AMC, but it was nothing like GameStop. They didn't, they halted trading a couple of times today, but it wasn't like they halted buying and only allowed selling of the stock like we saw with GameStop. Now we're really seeing this battle. What's most likely taking place, at least, is a battle of hedge fund titans going at it, you know, where they weren't able to get uh, the trading platforms on one side or the other to allow for that kind of you know, really criminal activity when you stop the the ability to buy of a stock like we saw with GameStop. So we'll see if this is able to continue. It could might, might just be uh, a similar rally to GameStop that once it had its huge few days like we've seen in AMC, then it was, you know, a little back and forth after that. But we saw it in other stocks today as well. Bed Bath & Beyond, another favorite of the Wall Street betters of the world, up a big 62% on the day. BlackBerry up 31%. And those three stocks, plus Nokia, and Nokia wasn't up huge like the other ones. It was up about 5%, still a nice day. But those three stocks in Nokia made up roughly 25% of the entire volume on the New York Stock Exchange today. That's just pretty incredible. You know, Hopefully, a lot of retail investors are still in these. Uh, if you're in them, congrats. It's been a fun ride. You know, don't forget to take something off the table. Uh, we are big fans of once you get those 100% gains, whatever time period you're looking at, you know, take your original investment off the table. Then you're playing with house money and you can really enjoy the ride instead of being incredibly emotionally invested in it. But at the end of the day, these are, these are mostly a good time. This isn't a, a, a something that you can predict that'll happen every year in the market. It's really never been seen before. So it's been fun to be a part of and be able to, to report on it here as well. But before I get to the market action on the day, there's a couple of news items that started breaking last night and this morning that I wanted to touch on here. If you've been tuning in with us here for any amount of time, you know that we've been deeply, deeply skeptical of the government's reaction to coronavirus, really since day one. You can go back, listen to our podcast from March and April of last year, and if you've been paying attention to what's happening today, you'll see that really that's exactly what we were saying a year ago, and so many other people were as well, or a lot of them banned on Twitter now, banned on Facebook, banned on other social media platforms, not being able to have the voice to get out 
this message. And that, that is that from March of last year, one of the stories we started talking about was the Rockefeller Foundation's Operation Lockstep scenario that they mentioned in a scenario planning exercise in 2010. And it appeared to be the exact playbook that the planners used in 2020 surrounding coronavirus. You can find it. We'd recommend searching on DuckDuckGo. You can find it on Google as well, but they're kind of a watered-down version. I actually looked at it earlier today because I was curious what it would be like to search for it on Google. And the search results are very different. <clears throat> for the same search, which, of course, isn't shocking. We know what Google's up to. But in this scenario from the Rockefeller Foundation, there is a virus. And remember, this is from 2010. There's a virus that originated in China. It spreads to the world, causing economies to be destroyed, countries to be locked down all over the globe. Now, in it, they did say like 20% of the world's population was going to die, and that's clearly not what happened here with coronavirus. But the point is, they used this lockstep scenario and applied it to coronavirus. In this, in this piece, they praised China for quickly implementing quarantines. That's how they got the virus under control. And the West blamed for their, their how dare they be individuals. Their, what they said was their deadly leniency that causes a containment failure. And so it's really, you know, it's every one of us as individuals being blamed for our rugged individualism and wanting to be able to live our lives without government control. It's our fault that all of this is happening. Well, those points from over a year ago have proven to be true. China praised in the mainstream media for their mandatory lockdowns. And according to the mainstream media, that's why they've been able to open back up. They've been, even before a full vaccine rollout, like you've probably seen some photos of the concerts in China from months ago, Long before many states had even considered ending their lockdowns, <laughs> it, it just looking back on it, you can see how planned each one of these things were. And now the truth does seem to be coming to light here as Fauci the fraud is beginning to be exposed here. We've known it for a long time, and these emails are hopefully just the beginning. I don't know if there's enough in them for really criminal charges to be passed, but they were released through a FOIA request, a Freedom of Information Act request. And going through and looking through some of these emails where he stated that masks were essentially useless. And if you're healthy, you shouldn't wear one. Unless you were already sick, masks are useless. They only help prevent the spread if you're already um, infected with the virus. They also talked about the lab leak theory and we're trying to get ahead of the narrative of it getting out that that was possible, which now has gone from the status of a conspiracy theory to being maybe possible. So why did they shut it down then? I mean, it's deeply concerning that they were clearly taking the lab leak theory seriously inside of their circles but at the same time 
banning Zero Hedge from Twitter for even daring to write an article about it. Uh, just the the authoritarian control that social media companies have and their um, really fascist control of the narrative that they were going for. I mean, just look at the coverage that these Fauci leaks are getting from mainstream media articles. One great example was CNN. They didn't talk about Fauci saying masks don't work, which he said on TV last year as well, but they didn't talk about the lab leak. Uh, Instead, they tried to show how he was a guiding light in, in a world of disinformation in the Trump administration, and he was working so hard to get the truth out and was exhausted from these countless hours that he was working. Uh, even with the, the clear examples that he was lying to us, they still trying to hold him up. Uh, folks, this comes back to a message that we've been talking about here for some time. In our opinion, the planners of the world are working to gaslight everyday citizens all over the world, not just here in America, into becoming radicalized. And we think it's important that we talk about it here because as long as we're aware of what they're doing, then hopefully we can avoid it. The goal here with the gaslighting that they've done is to keep us confused, keep us separated, just like lockdowns do. When you can't meet up in person and you clearly can't talk about it online, it keeps us all separated into thinking you're alone and that nobody feels the way that you do. And that radicalizes people. I mean, just look at Joe Biden's address today where he essentially begged and tried to bribe Americans into getting a vaccine, an experimental vaccine at that by the FDA's own standards. And we have no problem with people who want to get the vaccine. It's a personal choice. Uh, And that is never a choice that we would want to take away from anybody or try to dictate what they wanted to do with their own bodies. But if this virus was truly so deadly that everyone knew people who were getting sick and having lifelong uh, impacts from it and dying from it all over the place, well, then they wouldn't need to be bribing people to come and take it. They wouldn't need to spend billions, hundreds of millions and globally billions of dollars on a mar- basically a marketing campaign for the virus to get people so afraid of it. Uh, it's just, it's mind-boggling, really, but we got to talk about it. I know for me here, it definitely helps, and your feedback certainly has helped us every step of the way as well. But another example of gaslighting happened yesterday, where Biden said the intelligence community says that the greatest threat facing America today is white supremacy. Well, luckily for us, I don't know anybody who takes this quote-unquote intelligence community seriously at all. We know they're bought and paid for. But I've never met a white supremacist in my life. I don't know if, if you have, but if they were truly everywhere, we'd see the we'd see white supremacist rallies and riots. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, but over the last year, I've only seen BLM riots. And they love to talk about the January 6th, this insurrection day. Just, you can see them using gaslighting as a tool to dominate, separate, 
and control the nation and control the narrative and that anyone who doesn't go along with their agenda are just deplorable racists who are a threat to everyone around them. Folks, this is, that's full-on authoritarianism. When you begin to censor people and <clears throat> take away their ability and their freedom of speech, that is what fascists do. So you can claim to be Antifa all you want, but really, they seem to be on the other end of the spectrum. And what they want to do with this is convince you that you are the problem and not them. But we know the answer. Career politicians and bureaucrats are the true cancer that is plaguing our society right now. They're the problem for most of these manufactured crises that really aren't even crises, but everybody talks about and thinks about all day. It's all you hear about in the news. Uh, it's all that can be talked about. And if you don't talk about it, you're a racist. But this is exactly why we think we need to talk about this here, and we need to talk about it with our friends, with our family. And unless we do that, they could win. But as we've seen, resistance isn't futile here. If it was, they wouldn't need marketing campaigns. They wouldn't need to shove these, these ideas down our throats. And I know many of you feel that way, which is exactly why they want to keep us quiet and separated in perpetual lockdowns. We know the next lockdowns, which they've already proposed, will be to prevent climate change. It's already a topic being discussed about, but we're not going to allow them to deceive us, gaslight us, and try to control us. It's exactly why Kip created the VRA community in 2003, why I'm grateful to be a part of it, and why I'm so grateful for all of your feedback. We know you feel the same. So thank you for, for letting me rant here for a second. Thank you for joining us here. We always appreciate it. And please keep the feedback coming. We, we appreciate you being here with us every day at the market close. Now, with that being said, let's take a look at our market action on the day. Uh, our indexes started off the day with a strong open. Our markets were in and out of positive territory for most of the day today. And while we, have, we would have liked to have seen a stronger close, it was good to see all of our major indexes finish positive Excuse me, on the day, even if it was just slightly. But we're, oh, excuse me. We were led by the NASDAQ today. Right up there with the S&P 500, both up 0.14% on the day. The NASDAQ finishing at 13,756. The S&P finishing at 4,208. Next up right there with it was the Russell 2000, up 0.13% uh, to 2,297. And lastly, the Dow up 0.07% to 34,600. Then looking at our internals on the day, we could have gotten better numbers here. We did see some minor weakness in some areas, really one area, but we got a lot of strength to where it matters. So first up, advancing stocks were able to beat out declining stocks on the NYSE. And then this, this was the one negative reading on the day was the NASDAQ did come in negative in this category, but everywhere else you look, strength. New 52-week highs, lows came back strong again today. We got great readings yesterday again today with 562 stocks hitting new 52-week highs to just 30 hitting new 52-week lows. That's some serious strength. And then probably one of the most important on the day, volume. Coming in 
just under 3-1 to one positive on the NASDAQ and even better on the NYSE. So exactly what you want to see. Uh, again, strong readings where it matters today, especially with a market that was essentially flat like today. Next up here are our S&P 500 sectors. We finished with six out of our 11 S&P 500 sectors higher on the day today. Energy up leading the way. Oil was up big today as well. We were followed there by real estate, technology, and utilities. Our laggards on the day, uh, one of our major leaders recently, materials, and then industrials right after that as well, and then consumer discretionary and communication services for our laggards on the day today. And finally for today, our VRA Commodity Watch Gold, now up three-tenths of 1% to 1,910 an ounce. Silver, up seven-tenths of 1% to $28.29 an ounce. Copper was lower on the day, just over down just over 1% to $4.60 a pound. And lastly, oil continuing to rally back to its highest level since roughly 2017 today. Up 1.5% to $68.77 a barrel. And finally for today, our cryptocurrency watch, Bitcoin, up a nice 5.23% to 37868 a Bitcoin. That's a good tell for our market. It's not a perfect correlation, but it does, when you go back and look at the charts, Bitcoin leads and the market tends to follow. So not the action we want to see in Bitcoin as of late. But if we can get back above 40000 we'd be firmly in the bullish camp there. Uh, not only on Bitcoin, but our markets as well. As you know, we have been here for some time. Folks, that's all that we have time for here today. Thank you again for tuning in. We always appreciate you being here with us. Please be sure to subscribe to receive our VRA podcast every day at the market close. You can sign up at VRAinsider.com, and we'd love to have you with us. Thanks again for tuning in. Until next time, we'll see you back here tomorrow for the close.